0: The Forum on Workplace Inclusion's 2021 podcast series is sponsored by Best Buy. More diversity in tech means more ideas that can change the world. Learn more at bestbuy.com slash more of this. If you enjoy the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast, check out our monthly webinar series sponsored by the Walton Family Foundation. The Forum on Workplace Inclusion webinar series are free monthly webinars offering professional and organizational skill-building opportunities in diversity, equity, and inclusion topics featuring presenters from industries around the globe. Learn more about our webinar series and to register for upcoming webinars at forumworkplaceinclusion.org webinar. Donate to the forum we get to engage people, advance ideas, and ignite change because of the generous support from our community. If you find our resources meaningful or valuable, please consider supporting the forum today. Visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org donate. That's forumworkplaceinclusion.org donate. Thank you very much for your support and generosity. With that, I'd like to say thank you to all our listeners and subscribers. You help support the growth of the podcast and reach new listeners. If you like what you're hearing on The Forum Podcast, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've already written a review, thank you. Please consider sharing our podcast with a friend, family member, or a colleague you think might find value in the content. Word of mouth is the best way The Forum grows, so thank you very much for listening and sharing. Thanks again, and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's special Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast, Connecting ERGs During Distanced and Polarized Times, Continued with Farzana Nayani of Farzana Nayani Consulting and Training. I'm Ben Roo, Program Manager here at the Forum. This is a continuation of our July webinar, Connecting ERGs During Distanced and Polarized Times. If you haven't watched that yet, I would highly recommend that you do. There were so many great questions that we weren't able to get to. So Farzana was gracious enough to come back and answer a few of those for us. So let's get started. Thank you so much for coming back, Farzana. It's always such a pleasure to have you and so great to work with you. And it was such a great webinar um, and just with so many great questions that we weren't able to get to. So I'm really excited to have you back to get to some of these great questions.
2: Thank you so much, Ben. Great to be here. And what great engagement from everyone who attended the webinar. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. And like like I said, there were quite a few great questions (laughs) that we weren't able to get to. So we're going to go ahead and hop on in. So we, like I said, we chose a handful of them to um, get to, to answer. And I think the first one is a really great one to start with, which is what differentiates ERGs from affinity groups?
2: This is a great question because depending on the organization, there may be an interest in starting an affinity group versus an employee resource group and it's good to know the difference. So an affinity group is a gathering and an organization around a demographic grouping so it could be around ethnic identity or could be around uh, you know age or gender or any of the above. And what it does is it gives a chance for people to build community and come together as a collective and rally around that identity and and have a chance to uh, really focus in on that. Uh, Employee Mm -hmm. research groups within organizations serve a purpose to in addition to connecting with those identities uh, at hand. They they actually serve a purpose of supporting employees, uh, supporting the workplace culture, looking at how to uh, retain uh, the workforce or or support career advancement and can be tied to the business as well. But the focus really is on uh, assisting and and being there for the employees in addition to aligning with the the business. So it really uh, can serve different purposes you may see in educational institutions that the term affinity groups just makes more sense because, of course, students aren't employees. Yeah. Uh, so you'll see that in schools and higher education institutions, et cetera. But it, it, both of them do come together around the identity.
1: Great. Thank you so much for clarifying that. And there's in the corporate world, there are quite a few different ones. There's uh, ERGs, BRGs, BENs. Could you just explain a little bit of like the differentiates or just what those different group names mean?
2: Yes, each company may have their own uh, experience of what it means to have uh, a collective group. Mm-hmm. And so the focus can be on employees. And so it's an employee research group. Uh, a company may favor the alignment on business and then therefore call it a business resource group. Uh, there are some models that actually show an evolution of this, um, but it really does come down to the goals and purpose. And as for the other uh, names, some of them can be Ohana groupings. Salesforce used to call their groups Ohana groupings, or it could be employee networks. Uh, Nike calls them employee networks. So it it just depends on the organization and what they want to call the group.
1: Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, it's so funny, like us in this world, um, it just seems so natural to us, but like I have my partner is a therapist and just just when I start saying things like ERGs and BRGs, it just mm-hmm. like it just goes blank and just like, what, is, what, is, what do any of those mean? <laughs> right. There's uh, so much
2: jargon. So it's good to clarify. I actually did one of our conference sessions at the forum and I started using the word ERG and someone stopped me and said, what does that mean? And it was a good reminder that we need to level set around these terms. Not everyone has the same understanding. So it's, it's great to, to take, take a look at the meaning of all of them.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that kind of flows really well into the next question, which is, if you're attempting to introduce ERGs, what is the best practice to educate on why and purpose to employees and members of DEIB committees, committee of your organization?
2: This is a great question because it, what we may want to do is start an ERG, but not everyone actually knows what they are or the purpose, or they may there may be some fear around uh, what it entails, the time commitment, and maybe uh, a lack of understanding as to the purpose of them. So as you're attempting to introduce ERGs, the first thing is to communicate who can belong to them and mm-hmm. also what they're for. And actually, all ERGs should be open to everyone. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about how to kind of preserve space for the people of the identity group at hand. Yeah. Um, but but in particular, it's important to, to note and say that it is open to everyone, including allies and, and friends of uh, the, the identity group. In terms of what best practices are, in terms of educating why and, and the purpose of them, uh, what's interesting is that the issue may be that this might not be clarified. So the first thing to actually do is plan that, is to go internally within the group and make sure that some of the vision is clarified. And that's why we recommend actually doing a charter. I always suggest that every employee research group should have a charter. It should be clear what the vision, the purpose of the the, uh, organizing group is, um, who the leaders and officers are, where the budget comes from, uh, what the term limits are on each of the roles, and just have those nuts and bolts worked out so when people do ask, that's clear. And then in terms of engaging with the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging committee, um, just making sure those roles are delineated. So you know, the company might have a you know, particular DEI strategy that's tied to the business. And then in addition to that, there could be the committee, the DEI committee, or and there's HR, and then there are ERGs. So you really need a roadmap and some sort of org chart to show lines of communication and reporting uh, and governance.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because even I got a little lost as you were <laughs> listing everything at the end there. Uh, it's, right. And it's so great to I like to thinking about a couple of years ago. Well, not a couple of years ago. Uh, maybe like ten years ago when it was just HR was the. Oh own. yeah. Mm-hmm. And now to think that we've. That it's evolved to, you know, that now that they're ERGs and, you know, the diversity, equity and belonging committees and mm-hmm. offices is just really amazing.
2: It is great. And, and at the same time, the challenges communicating across those lines and making sure the roles are clear. So in my consulting work that I do with DEI, with different companies and organizations, this is you know one of the top questions, is how to have com- lines of communication and, and reporting and sharing across these different groups and then also with the general staff.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it also takes really great leadership, which also leads into the next question, which is what are you seeing ERG leaders do better do to better align the ERG talent movement advance uh, slash advancement across the enterprise in partnership with HR?
2: This is a great question. One of the key pillars of uh, ERGs that they can both contribute to and and gain from is uh, around career advancement. Mm -hmm. And making clear that there is a pipeline being built through the leadership development of ERG leaders, through the exposure to different parts of the business, to the mentorship or through the events that host, uh, you know, conversations around career and leadership. These are all really excellent ways to support HR initiatives around promotion, advancement, retention, and so on. Mm -hmm. And so there there can be and should be a coming together around uh, the purpose and and, uh, the initiatives that both can either co-host or can be sponsored uh, in order to achieve that. And, you know, ERGs just naturally tie in with HR really well. So they are a great branch of how to outreach to the general uh, staff and the public who maybe are looking to join the company. Um, And if the ERG, for example, does an event in the public, that is exciting to the mm-hmm. community members, then it builds that that brand affinity for the company and makes them be an employer of choice for the general public too.
1: Yeah, I remember General Mills did a um, always at a huge pride event um, on their campus here in Minnesota, that was all, all organized by their, you know, their LGBTQ committee. And it was always, you know, it's, you know, not open to the public per se, but open to Outside of General Mills, and it brought in a lot of people um, who I'm sure were just blown away by the event, but also gave them the opportunity to check out General Mills's campus and learn more about General Mills. And it was oh, all yeah. organized by this one by this ERG, which was led by a friend of mine, which is why I know like what an undertaking it was to pull together.
2: Yeah, great example. I, I've I've uh, sat in uh, one of their sessions around their. Latinx group and it, and it grew. It grew mm-hmm. over time from someone's house all the way through to being a formalized group, and it really helped with attracting and retaining talent from yeah. that community.
1: But yeah, which is just, again, such an amazing development from just a decade or so ago when I was just HR. Um, but as DNI professionals, um, how can we help the ERG leaders to pivot and take their ERGs to the next level?
2: This really comes down to goal setting and planning. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time, ERG leaders are very enthused and excited and motivated to run events, and fill up the calendar and serve the community and serve the public and, and, you know, engage with the staff. However, um, there can be some purposeful uh, strategic planning around the different buckets that ERGs can help achieve and some of them have to do with, for example, um, the marketplace like products or you know uh, how things reach the public or they could also have to do with engaging around supplier diversity and making sure that we have a pipeline of diverse vendors. In addition to all the things I mentioned around career advancement and helping the organization also be more inclusive So there is a lot of strategic and tactical things that ERGs can help with, with this kind of overarching banner of DEI. And DEI professionals can really help with that, with guiding that, with supporting, with uh, being advisors or guest speakers. And that's a lot of what I do around Mm -hmm. serving ERGs is that client consulting to help boost ERGs to the next level.
1: Yeah, definitely. But, and this next question also, Ties really well into the previous one, but it's how, like you mentioned, it's all about goal setting for the ERG leaders, but how do you hold ERG leaders accountable if, you know, if you're giving them paid or protected time or how do you, you know, track, subset, like, track, uh, substantiate productivity and value?
2: The This is an age-old uh, dynamic around supervisors and managers who want to make sure that ERG leaders are on track, not only with uh, their work, but also to support them with their ERG work. Mm-hmm. And then there's ERG leaders who are doing so much on and off the clock to support yeah. ERGs, and it can also lead to burnout. Um, so this question around paid and protected time and substantiating productivity and value, uh, it does lead to a couple things. One is that priority setting around where the time is being spent. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, it's around any type of measurement and metrics. And I actually talk about this dynamic among managers and E.R.G. leaders in my upcoming book, which I'd love to share with uh, folks here about, it's called the power of employee resource groups, how people create authentic change. And the the big key here is people Mm -hmm. and making sure that the communication and, and the level setting across the board is in alignment um, because you don't want to have that conflict and that friction. And I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen within companies where uh, the ERG leaders are seen to be just doing too much and it's supposed to be a, a quote side of the desk job, but it yes. turns out to be like a big part of their day and then maybe their work is suffering. But then uh, from the ERG leaders' perspective, if they don't do it, then the company is lacking in DEI initiatives. So they feel the responsibility and somewhat maybe the burden of that. So it's this age old interplay of that. And, and I think the, the key is, again, prioritizing and, and then setting goals that have metrics attached to them so you can mm-hmm. measure progress.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for that. And congratulations on your book. That's so exciting.
2: Yes, it's coming out next spring in 2022. So just in time for all of the forum activities and can't wait to share with everyone.
1: Yes, I was gonna say just in time for our um, annual conference, our 34th annual conference, April 5th through 7th. So which I feel is very kismet. Definitely. almost like we planned it <laughs> almost <laughs> almost, yeah. almost it couldn't wink, have worked wink. any better exactly <laughs> <laughs> great minds think alike yeah um but yeah and you met and um, you mentioned like metrics and like tracking things but um how like this next person asked like we said like how to track you know on the lines of tracking things like they said we send an online survey to our members for needs assessments, but don't hear from from many. What are other ways teams have gathered feedback?
2: Well, firstly, I wouldn't give up on the online survey. I think there are ways to incentivize it to make it fun to put a goal to it. Like if 75 or 80% of people respond to the survey, then they get a gift card or um, they'll get, um, you know, a special recognition from a senior leader or something like that. Uh, or there could be a message from the executive team. We we actually ran a survey for uh, a quite uh, well-known organization in the nonprofit environmental field and same issue that we had low response rates, but we were tracking it. And then uh, when they hit the 80% mark, they were all given a gift card And the CEO chimed in with some emojis, and it was just a lot of fun to see the joy around that when it was reached. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And it it really was engaging. and was kind of a fun competition. So I wouldn't give up on the online survey, but the second part of the question here was, what are other ways teams have garnered gathered feedback? Yeah. Uh, You know, sometimes just at at the events that you run already, um, taking a moment to ask for that in the chat or before or after the event, um I've seen some ERGs actually open up the room 20 minutes before and another 30 minutes after to catch some of that hmm. feedback to run polls. Um you can also talk to people. I know it seems old school. To...
1: <laughs> I was going to say what?
2: Talking yeah, to no. people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it face may seem kind of exactly <laughs> archaic to pick up the phone. Remember that? The phone. Uh, um and or you know in maybe in various other meetings where you see your colleagues just pull them aside and say hey you know do you have a couple of minutes so that's actually really helpful and a lot of people will gladly share offline it's mm-hmm. just the survey might might be uh, a bit of a barrier because we're just inundated with electronic everything right now
1: yeah i was gonna say like um yeah that is great advice and i do remember from the webinar that you do love gift cards <laughs> um, <laughs> yes i mean who doesn't though and i would say that phones are having a little bit of a comeback because people are just tired of emails and virtual right. and zooming and i found myself calling friends and calling colleagues which i never did before because i was just like just text me but now i'm just tired right. of looking at screens so it's just like yeah let's just call and talk to each other um hear each other's voices without having to see each other's faces right right <laughs> um that now this this next one ties back into um, something you mentioned in the beginning, in the in your answer to the first question, which is which is actually a very very important topic and important question, which is, is how do we engage allies in our, your ERG without members feeling like their safe space where they can be their authentic selves is being interrupted?
2: The way to engage allies with ERGs is to have both the space preserved for individuals of that identity group. And then a separate time where the identity group members and allies come together. So that's just the, the key there. The, <clears throat> the magic formula is it's a both and. And a lot of the time people feel like it's either or, like everything's open to everybody all the time or nothing is open to everybody, right? Hmm. And we can do both. So there's the opportunity to do that. I think another way to do it is to be active in cross-collaboration amongst ERGs. so then you do have allies built in. So you actually have the ability for that uh, person to be present naturally so they don't feel left out because it's a cross-collaborative event with different faces and different identities. Uh, You know, I've, I've seen ERG leaders who are allies of a group become officers because let's say uh, the ERG team lost their treasurer and now mm. someone else can step in and it's the friend of somebody. I've seen that more often than not to believe believe it or not, where because uh, if you think about it, ERG groups are often people who are of marginalized identities, they already are carrying a lot. Yeah. You know, in, in their day and in, in, you know, the world and also at work. And so, not everyone can commit to leadership roles they want to combat they can't uh, often have like the bandwidth to do it. Um, so that's where allies come in and i've just seen a lot of really great support from allies it's just been such a beautiful collaboration i'm, I'm really for allies being involved, but at the same time, having space preserved for uh, individuals of the identity demographic.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean I love the idea of allies, you know, in in various leadership roles. Um, but wouldn't that make the I feel like that would make the the group, like the intent you know, the intended demographic or feel a little even I turned off by the ERG if like if it was, I don't know, like a Asian American ERG and Asian Pacific Islander. Um, And um, I don't want to say not all the officers, but like a majority of the officers weren't.
2: Well, uh, you know, I don't think it would get to that point where it'd be the majority. Mm. And it's not like we have a quota or a limit, but I think, you know, as long as the ally knows that, they're there to support and generally the board or the leadership team or the committee should be the majority of a certain group. Uh, most of the time people work it out. Now, if people feel turned off because even if one person is there, there's just dynamics that we have to overcome and understand that there's a working together that, that can and needs to happen, but also just, again, the dynamics of the bandwidth of people. Yeah. And quite frankly, a lot of regions don't have uh, enough people of a certain demographic to fill the roles. So that's how we can be creative to help it actually continue.
1: That's a really great point, and yeah, bandwidth is so important. And people, I guess, or yeah, don't take into account a lot of times that these ERG leaders are volunteers, and have jobs of you know jobs outside of the ERG that they need to, to still do. Um, exactly. It, yeah, and so we really need to you know help you know help them and take care of them which is um the next question is along the lines of how do we take care of dei leaders who may be struggling with their own emotions and having to hold space for the organization
2: such a perfect question for the current times with all that is going on yeah and energy leaders to me are caring a lot Um, with not only being the people who are of uh, a marginalized group oftentimes, but then because of their lived experience, they're tapped even more to speak on things like Black Lives Matter or uh, LGBTQIA plus identity or, you know, the anti-Asian racism, which I referenced earlier, and so on and these issues. And so naturally, people go to them for their expertise. Now that that is that's great and the issue is that people are also going through those elements of those identities uh in general so Mm -hmm. they may feel the burden or the emotional tug uh or um you know difficulty and challenge of the current times given all of that and i actually created a, a, a video series about this where i talked about how to connect with people during Not only remote times but polarized times and my main focus was this uh, around how to support people and not overburden them. Mm -hmm. So how how we do it is really to relieve folks of that responsibility to make sure processes in place at the organization. uh, Support a structure where everyone is involved, not just the certain groups and then really I can't say enough about mental health and advocacy for that within the organizations and making sure that that's available to people.
1: Yes, definitely. And and again, thank you for all the all you do um, to support and educate. Where can people where can people find this video series that you just mentioned?
2: You can actually access it from my website which is www.farzananyani.com and then it's backslash erg And there's a lot of ERG resources there. I have a a tips sheet on how to uh, maximize your ERG during uh, these times. There's a two-part video series that's for free. You can just download it by putting in your email. And then I do have information about my book there. So I've created an entire section on the website to make sure that all those resources are in one place because I get asked these questions a lot. And I wanted to create something for people to be able to uh, access themselves.
1: That's, oh, that's awesome. And again, thank you for doing that um, and doing all this work, making it easy, a little bit easier for the rest of us.
2: <laughs> right.
1: And this next one is um, we're getting towards the end here. Um, but this next one is how, how to reach people outside of our main communication tool looks like they use yammer which i'm not super familiar with
2: right so there are these uh you know tools and platforms that are used internally yammer is one uh and some of them have a range of communication or they could be dashboards where they track uh your G uh, activity or they could they can a- actually help with event planning. Um some of them can be tied to HR and performance. I've seen the back end of some of these. So uh you know the key is what's your what is your goal. And in, in terms of how to reach people outside of the main tool, it, it comes back to some strategic ways to engage people. So again, uh, I mentioned you know just social contact and making sure people uh, are engaged individually and directly. Um, I just heard from uh, a DEI leader at a, a company that what he does is he incorporates a plus one hmm. uh, initiative, which is if you are going to an event, try to get someone who isn't involved to come And I know Harley Davidson does this with their employee research groups too. Uh, And so some of that is built in and it makes it fun where you can start to reach people who you normally wouldn't have. So there are ways that you can build it into the initiatives you already have to try to reach people. Uh, The other way also is to make sure that leaders within the organization who aren't involved with ERGs know about the initiatives and can spread the word. And so that's what your executive sponsor can help with, as well as other advisors and your DEI committee.
1: Yes, like executive sponsors and getting leadership involved is so like leadership outside of the ERG is so important um, to, yeah, for getting the word out there. And also just encouraging the ERGs and their members. Or, you know, yeah, just so important. Um, I'm. So sorry to have to say this is our last question, but I think oh, it yes. is. It's been so fun talking to you as always, um, and I think this is the perfect last question to end on, um, which is what is the best way to manage global global? Oh, they said BRGs in a way that allows for a global structure with regional slash local relevance.
2: This is an excellent question around how to manage global employee research groups in a way that um, really takes into account not only the headquarters and the company culture and the functioning of the organization, but regional differences. And this is key because the cultural differences regionally uh, can even come down to laws like what is uh, allowed legally or not in terms of gathering information yeah. or in terms of certain identities existing, which is uh, you know, quite a range. And it's a real conversation we need to have, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so some, sometimes the advocacy and the, the normalcy we have around certain identities in uh, certain countries is not the same. So the first thing I would recommend with establishing and expanding global ERGs is to do listening sessions. To actually start to hear from different uh, company leaders and uh, staff employees in the regions from the identity groups and ask them, um, you know, what is happening, what their needs are, and what's going on on the ground, and and do that surveying of, you know, kind of a pulse check for people, and then from there you can establish if there's enough traction to have the employee research group or if there's even a need. And it may look different. Right. And mm-hmm. so uh, there may not be a need for a women's group in some places. Or, um, you know, if you're, if you're Asian American, the experience here is different than if you're an Asian person in Asia. Yes. Right. And so what does that employee research group look like? It may not be the API, the mm-hmm. Asian Pacific Islander ERG, because everyone is in the majority culture, right? Yes. So that those nuances are interesting. And, and some big companies have it mapped out where they have a global board. Uh, and then they have regional uh, teams. So like regional groups of ERGs, mm-hmm. and then they kind of all report in and then they do summits. So there it can be an entire matrix depending yeah. on how large your organization is. But another another key opportunity is around mergers and acquisitions. And a lot of companies actually do a lot of work around uh, integrating culture, and ERGs can help with that. So, this is an entire longer conversation. And now that I'm thinking about it, it might be worth a, another hour uh, just, just <laughs> to been... work through that. And, and, you know, I just love getting these questions that, you know, really uh, tap into what is in, on the minds of people uh, around the world.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, as you were answering that question, I was thinking about the one about um, the the educating on the why and purpose of the or and members to the DEIB committee, and this all the different ways, all the different links and connections, and taking that to a global company or global scale for a company is just. Definitely more than we could cover in these last couple of minutes. So I thank you so much for coming back, Farzana. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you and to learn more. I know I've learned a lot from this uh, from both the webinar and from this uh, from this podcast. Definitely check out the webinar um, because there's also a lot of great information here uh, or I'm sorry there. And uh, but yes, thank you again for coming back. And thank you to our listeners.
2: Thank you, Ben. It's been such a pleasure and great to be back again and just enjoying the conversation around ERGs and keep it up everyone. I encourage it and and I'm so excited to see the progress and growth.
1: Great, thanks everyone. Thank you so much Farzana for coming back for this wonderful podcast and answering these important questions. And thank you to our listeners for joining. If you'd like to learn more, about connecting ergs you can email farzana directly at farzana at nayani.com or you can visit her website um forward slash erg new episodes of the forum podcast are available at forum forward slash podcast episodes can also be found on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor and stitcher thank you again for listening and have a great day
0: Thank you again for listening to the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get updates and the latest episodes. Also, tell us what you think by reviewing our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. For more information, visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org or search Workplace Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much and have a great day. The Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast is recorded at Augsburg University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of the most diverse private colleges in the Midwest, Augsburg University offers more than 50 undergraduate majors and 9 graduate degrees to 3,400 students of diverse backgrounds at its campus in the vibrant center of the Twin Cities and nearby Rochester, Minnesota location. Augsburg educates students to be informed citizens, thoughtful stewards, critical thinkers, and responsible leaders. An Augsburg education is defined by excellence in the local arts and professional studies, guided by the faith and values of the Lutheran Church, and shaped by its urban and global settings. Learn more at augsburg.edu.